I'm allowing my future self to edit in the because it's a fade in. Basically, you'll hear. Hey. Anyway. Okay. okay yeah. That sounds like work. That sounds like <laughs> work for future you. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but not really. It's just the way the edit naturally cuts the intro to our episode. I don't know what it is about. It was that. long enough. I thought you wanted me to harmonize, so I was like, "Here we go. Let's do it. We're doing it." The natural competitive choir guy in me is like, "Yep, let's." Anyway, welcome to Current Cinema Episode Three. We are still not canceled, despite everything being taken off of streaming services and whatnot. Thank you to, I assume, President of Current Gen uh, Podcast Network, uh, Tim. Yep. Let's just say he's a shot caller. Thank you for continuing to allow us to do our shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, the lights um, are still on. I don't know why. I don't know how, how it's happening. But I'm Jeff. I'm joined by Kyle. I didn't do it in that order last week. I did it at the end. Because <laughs> that that's just be the thing are. now. Every episode, yeah. you're like, and I was Kyle, and you were Jeff. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Who the hell are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we're just going to do normal format this week, uh, kind of like we do every week, where it's uh, we're going to cover what we watched, and we're going to do what I'm still calling it pick five. And the topic for this week's pick five are like your favorite movies that you'll never watch again. And uh, so, I mean, that's going to create somewhat of an interesting discussion instead of just flat out movies you'll never watch again. Yeah. Or like your favorites. Because if it's movies you're never going to watch again, chances are that list is going to be all bad movies. You know, like like what a piece of crap that was. No way I'll ever watch that again. I uh, may have picked movies I was never going to watch again, so that's uh, that's perfect. <laughs> but I don't know if I love some of these movies. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, only I would say like a handful of these I genuinely. No, actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure I love at least four, three of them. I, three of them I feel really, really passionate about. Like I love. I, them. You know what? I, I would say majority I, I do feel passionate about. Like, like yeah. these are good movies. You should maybe watch them once. But I'm also sorry that I suggested it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sure. the vibe I kind of went with my list. <laughs> I, I meant to, I guess I should open up with, I did do, it is a cinema pod. Well, we're talking about movies here, brother. Are you talking about film or movies? <laughs> uh, I did do Sundance last week. Uh, I saw 20 full-length movies, and then I don't, I lost count of how many shorts I watched. There were only like a handful. Actually, you know what? The same can be said about features. There were only a handful of both shorts and features that I feel really like comfortable singing the praises of it was actually kind of an underwhelming year at least for those of us that were watching at home remotely uh the stuff that they made available at home i would say like five maybe five or six of the of the 20 that i saw were like you gotta when this comes out everybody's gotta go watch this this is great uh but but last year the number was much higher yeah so it's a, so it's underwhelming. It's, it's still a fourth, you know. So it's it's a you know it's a good click, but you know it still, it's still sounds cool. like an underdelivered. Like, yeah, it's still yeah. cool too because nobody else is seeing these movies. Uh, for the most part, they are movies that don't have distributors yet. So like you know you hear you hear all these stories out of Sundance of Apple Plus just picked up this one movie, you know Netflix just picked up this other movie. Like so, I mean that's what the festival's for to show those movies for the first time so people can acquire them, mm-hmm. um, or distributors can acquire them. So it's cool to be like at the ground level on these movies and like sure sure and see the because coda when that won best picture two years ago i guess it was last year um it won best picture last year that was a sundance movie well that and that was a sundance movie dude uh sure. from from earlier in 2021 so yeah. it's it's rare that a sundance movie wins because they sometimes they feel a little too good for voters and they prefer misery when it comes to best picture you know uh <laughs> But that movie was just, I felt, I guess the voters felt it was undeniable. It was just so universally 
enjoy. That's cool. You get to see it like the whole journey. Of, yeah, like, yeah. No one knows of it, so everyone won't stop talking about it to it winning an award. You know? And if any kind of any of the movies that I saw from this year uh, that are not documentaries win Best Picture next year, I'll be like, oh, that's not worthy at all. That, that was oh, a mistake. Yeah, because yeah, there was nothing, no coda, dude. <laughs> there was nothing narratively that like really struck sure. me as like, oh my god, this is huge. This movie is gonna be bonkers at the award season or whatever. But uh, th- there were at least a couple movies I wanted to mention that I got. I gave it like 4.5 out of 5. Nothing got 5 stars uh, that I saw. But I-, I think there were just two that g- I gave They're, like... they're movies you tolerated but didn't love, obviously. Yeah, yeah obviously these <laughs> these are trash movies. Uh, not 5 stars. <laughs> now I gotta find my freaking list because I did some list shuffling on, uh, on Letterboxd and now everything's kind of like... It's kind of disorganized and disarray, I guess. Uh, so yeah, twenty. Okay, actually, there was only one, only one movie I gave four point five out of uh, out of five stars. It was a, a movie. It's a documentary called Twenty Days in Mariupol. Mariu Mariupol. It's yeah. a Ukrainian city, um, and it's literally just a documentary and filming what happens in this. Uh, I think it's one of the first cities to be uh, invaded by oh. Russia. Um, and it's literally just twenty days in that city. Here's what happens and. My God, it's it that fits, sounds awesome. It, it I mean, as awesome as like war crimes can be, I guess. But like, yeah, it's there's. It, it sounds stuff. riveting. Like it sounds like yeah. entertaining. Yeah, very stressful too. Uh, sure. But, uh, there's uh, t- this fits in the category of favorite movies I'll never watch again because there's some stuff involving yeah. children that happens in this movie that I'm like I never need to see this again. It's um, not fun, but it's it's nice to see like not nice again. I'm using all the wrong words here. It's interesting to mean. see like a uh, unfiltered take of what's happening over there, and not right. like regurgitated through news and everything like yeah. that. And I don't know how much of stuff like that I've actually seen. That's you know so that's, right that's exactly that's the thing. And, and it actually turns out the person that was filming this documentary uh, was sending his footage to the news. So a lot of the imagery that would pop up on CNN or whatever was coming from this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not a lot of times he would not have internet. So like, it would be like a brief moment of internet and he would have be have to send his clips out 10 seconds at a time. Like he wouldn't oh, be able to, well. he wouldn't be able to send full, full clips out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause the internet just would be really spotty, <clears throat> but yeah, man, the, uh, Russia be war crime and bro, they are just like straight up shelling residential areas. And like, even though, you know, their official narrative is we're only engaging with combatants. It's complete bullcrap. Like it's Farmers so. And stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Apart, what, why are you taking out an apartment building? That makes no sense. Um, sure. Yeah. So, like, really, it's there's. I think I want to say most of the movie is is the the documentarian running in and out of the hospital. I think there's like a couple hospitals, um, and he's just running in and out of there and just capturing like civilian casualties and injuries and stuff and doctors that are just pissed and and just spread so thin. And and they're just saying, just capture this, film this, look at what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, like, and uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's incredibly harrowing stuff. It's like, kind of reminds me of like the movie Schindler's List, but you're watching this in real time, you know, you're watching it for real happen. And it's horrifying. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's like a strong recommendation, because I feel like everybody needs to see this to understand where this whole... Uh, for some people, performative Ukrainian flag stuff comes from on social media, but like it, it really is important, um, at least to me. Um, and sure, you'll never see it again, but uh, you know, I still think it's worth catching, even if it's a little disturbing. Sure. Anyway, that's the only one that was like, and then there's one called Theater Camp, but I'm a little biased. That one I rated four out of five stars because it's there's still some polish that's lacking on that movie, but it is about 
these like mid 20 year old counselors at a theater camp, theater summer camp for kids. And um, and it's it's like theater people poking fun at themselves. It's it, as a former theater kid, I reson that resonated big time with me. It felt like a Christopher Guest movie, like Best in Show, but about theater camp. It was really, really funny. OK. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned that as we were like disconnecting. Um, from our last call, from our last podcast or whatever. I was like, I'm in the middle of watching that and it's so funny or whatever. And yeah, it turns out it was funny all the way through. It was great. Anyway, um, so that was Sundance and I wish there was a bigger nutshell for it. Uh, I wish there were more movies to sing the praises of, uh, but but that's the main ones really. Um, we're going to go to What Did You Watch? And you know, are there a new movie? Oh, yeah, there is a new movie. Okay, so we're going to go with a couple of quote-unquote new movies. And these are actually, I would consider these new movies these like... Are, these were released within the last 30 to month. 45 days. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They, these are like month-old movies that we're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about. And one of them did screen at Sundance, but I, I mean, it, it released around the same time in theaters uh, in the area. So I was able to see it in a theater locally. Um, but yeah, what did you... I, I assume it's. I assume it's the movie that you watched last night. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely um, a violent night. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, ba <laughs> it's Babylon. Um, nice. You know, I I think you got me real scared about this movie <laughs> before it came out because I wasn't dialed in. And you're like, boy, people are saying it's like a Baz Luhrmann flick, and like I don't hate like he's your arch nemesis. I like tolerate him in a way, <laughs> but like I think his movies are pretty like popcorny, like garbage at most, at best, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I got afraid because I was like, oh, it's not really Damien Chazelle's style, you know? So, yeah. like, I hope that's not the case. And boy, was this movie just one of my favorite movies I saw all of last year or considered yeah. coming out last year. I ended yeah. up making it in my top 10. I think it got top five. I think it ended up being number five or something like that. So, it's like, yeah. it really splashed for me. And I thought this yeah. movie was just yeah. absolutely fantastic. I had tons of moments where I was like laughing out loud to my, you know, to myself. Usually if I'm watching a movie by myself, like laughing out loud, it's a big task. Oh, I'll yeah, still say yeah. a movie is funny, even if I'm just sitting there like silently in my mind going, Haha, you know, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Also, I, like that I, movie I was really good. I literally do the same thing with stand-up comedy. I just watch like uh, a Louis C.K. special. Sorry to everybody mm -hmm. that's listening. If you're not a fan because uh, of past transgressions, I get it. Everybody has a different line. I get it. But it's the same thing. Like, I, yeah. on paper and in my head, I know the material is hilarious. I know what comedy but, is. And but I know watching it I, at yeah. home, I'm like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Add a buddy, though, and you're both cackling. Like, same yeah. special. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's just kind of. This movie, I actually was literally laughing out loud, and I would pause yeah. it and I'd be like, hey, I'm laughing at this right now, Jack. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Giving you kind of live updates because it's a, it's a three hour movie, doesn't feel it at all. It's got some of the best editing I've seen in a long time. Yeah. A lot of cut to and then comedy bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, just really well done. Um, I don't know, just the way that the score and the scenes build up and, and their chaos and like just one compliments the other so much. Mm -hmm. uh, there were just so many moments where I was leaning forward or smiling or kind of like not knowing if I should be smiling or whatever. Like yeah, just the chaos yeah. of the moment like really took you for a ride. And I kept on calling it that last night. I was like, this was a ride of a movie. Yeah. Like, when you go to a Marvel movie, it's a ride. Like, you're riding an amusement park ride, you know what I mean? Sorry to steal Martin Scorsese's beautiful criticism of Marvel. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, that's what it is. It, it is. Like, it's designed for you to, you know, feel, like, those ups and downs of a roller coaster or whatever. But, like, this, like, controlled my, I don't know, just that that vibe or whatever in a much bigger way than any movie has in a, in a long time. And that's just because of the way that it's shot and just the... Mm -hmm. 
debauchery going on screen and just the way that everything just unfolds. It's just, uh, it's unlike any movie I've seen in a long time. And it was awesome. Pretty, and, pretty debaucherous. I was, uh, as we were talking, we've talked about it quite a bit in chat already because there's a lot to dissect in the movie. Sure. Uh, yeah. But it's pretty debaucherous right at the beginning. Like it, somebody's getting shit on yeah. right away. And then like the next scene, somebody's getting pissed on. And like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> that, those things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> those things are happening. In abundance. It's not like quick, yeah. like, there's some quick, and you'll miss it. Like it's happening in the, in the background. background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's, and <clears throat> man. Uh, so, I mean, I guess the setting of the movie for those that aren't aware, because I, it sounds like a lot of people have not seen it still based or on the box office numbers. Um, but it is, it, it does take place in that uh, golden age of the silent film era in Hollywood. And it's kind of about the transition to sound pictures, uh, which should sound familiar to anybody that's seen Singing in the Rain. I mean, that that is the premise of Singing in the Rain. But there's a reason that that's the premise. Uh, like, and And they do find a way to they do find a way to explain why it's so similar. That's let's yeah. just phrase it that way. Uh, why it's so similar to singing in the rain. Um, yeah, it's not, it's, it's very deliberate. It's not, it's not like trying to rip off something and do it better. It's, mm -hmm. it's quite literally about the cyclical nature of Hollywood. Um, the life cycles, I guess, if you will. And the people within it that struggle with that, like people yeah, that, either adapt or don't or yeah, exactly. you know, drown or swim. So but even more than that, I mean, deep down, the movie is really about like assimilating into a uh, into like a whole culture um, in Hollywood. Like Manny was Manuel at the beginning. Right. And then, you know, uh, he kind of, for lack of a better term, whites his name up. And uh, he's like, I'm Manny now. Call me Manny. And he's like assimilating to the way like he starts eventually mirroring Brad Pitt's look, uh, Jack Conrad. He starts like yeah. looking like him a little bit does, yeah. and uh, and starts compromising his own morality and like abandoning his Mexican identity and calling himself Spanish uh, and uh, stuff like that. So like, I mean, there's definitely something about the way, um, there's definitely something there with his story, mm -hmm. trying to assimilate to Hollywood and how the Hollywood machine, I guess, treated people of color at that time, especially Sidney uh, Palmer, the trumpet player, yeah. who, Knew his worth the whole movie. The whole movie, he is talking crap to his bandmates. Stop playing flat, dude. Get that flat crap out of here. You know, he's yeah. just, he knows his worth. So the minute that they stepped on his toes or something like that or asked him to do something that compromised who he was as a person, he's like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm, I'm out. I can just yeah. go play this somewhere else, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I love don't it. this, you know? Yeah, that, yeah. that was a great, I loved having, including a character like that in the movie. Um, somebody who was just like, kind of like, really couldn't be bothered with the whole Hollywood thing. Like, yes, it's nice when you succeed in that area, in that realm, but sure. he's like, I don't need it. Like, and that, that was cool to have a character like that in the movie. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah but uh, Margot Robbie as uh, Nelly Leroy, dude, what a character. What She is a, a see, I know she's like the star of the movie. We're literally a scene stealer, though. Like, this mm -hmm. is, this is like the performance of her career to me. Like, I, I really Same. enjoyed, like, everything about her character's arc, but also just how she, like, played it. And just the contrast it was to uh, Manny's character, who his his whole identity was assimilating so he could reach his dreams. And, uh, you know, she was on the same path. I just want to reach my dreams. But there was no assimilation about her, you know. Yeah. And, uh, she was going to always do things her way and, and carve her own path and everything like that. And um, it was cool, you know, because they're kind of like a 
will they won't they item the whole movie you know right because uh, like their worlds keep on kind of colliding here and there just because they're yeah. in the same business and um man there's just so many great moments like where like that chaos gives way to like really poignant like thoughtful moments about the cyclical nature of hollywood like you were talking and then it, like things will just immediately ramp back up and we were kind of comparing like what would you even say this movie is like you know because it's so unlike anything but it kind of has a uh, an, an air of aimlessness, kind of like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does, a uh, but bit, yeah. a little more a little more focused. I would I would I would say with like its character arcs and stuff like that. I'd agree that. with that because Tarantino was more like, <laughs> look at what it was like, isn't it? Yeah, cool being in this world. Yeah, you're in just Babylon, kind of a fly. You're is, you're a fly on the wall here. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it, it, Babylon is more like. I mean, like you're saying, it's focused. It's definitely more. It wants you to be an audience in that world. Uh, not in the way that Tarantino did it, but like yeah. the characters come first and then you being in the world comes second, basically. Yeah, right, right, right. And then the other one was like Boogie Nights, you know, just that oh, the yeah, way yeah, that sure. like just the kind of chaotic, debaucherous nature, even some yeah. parallel scenes that kind of happened, you know, uh, uh, that kind of have similar vibes. And not that they were even the same time frame or anything like that, but it's just it just kind of goes to show you that a movie that was based in the 20s and a movie that was based like what in the right. 70s for Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah. The same kind of stuff was going on in terms yeah. of just how people let loose and partied and stuff like that. So I think uh, there were some people that um, at least one person I've heard that was like, they didn't live like that in the 20s or whatever. And I'm like, they probably did. I mean, maybe. I don't know. If that's, the that's, drugs that's... were around, they were probably doing it. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. we don't have the documentation yeah. to support it. Every, but... Everyone knows that everybody was a saint until World War II happened. It just screwed <laughs> right. it all up, you know? <laughs> right. Now we're all deviants and <laughs> that's what all it these was, hippies yeah. everywhere. And <laughs> I did like, too, that I, I, which I something I never considered about silent movie actors is that they were kind of considered circus acts for, for the industry. You, you, you illuminated this for me. I, I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. I didn't know about it either until like I mean the movie talked about it a little bit about like you know Jack Conrad has a line where he's talking to the critic played by uh, Gene Smart Gene Smart Gene Dumb right right guy <laughs> uh, but he's talking and he's like you know the signs on the door said and it's in the trailer too he was like the signs on the door said no actors and dogs allowed and I changed that. Uh, so like people were looking down their noses on actors in that in that space because it was just like y'all are just doing you're not really doing anything on screen yeah. you're just silent movie actors it's not a big deal you know and and you can even that's kind of reflected in how they carried themselves on set they acted like a circus act when they were on set look at yeah, look at the movie so. set yeah. on on both of them even uh, even though they were on different movies um, seeing Nellie DeRoy do her first gig and how she's kind of like what's going on taking everything in. Um, that set is just as chaotic as, yeah. you know, Jack Conrad's war epic that he's, he's filming at the same time. Yeah. Um, so they just, they just embraced the, the, the nuttery, I guess, of, of all of everything that was going around, around them, uh, going on around them. And, uh, yeah, man, this movie is just like, uh, it's just a, just a drug trip of a movie and, and not in like a sense where, yes, there are some trippy scenes, especially towards the end, but in terms of like, you start on this crazy high you you are just yeah, thrown into that party out. you're thrown into that party with manny and that's like his first job i think uh right i think that's like his first job yeah, in the industry. yeah. he's just trying to bump old elbows you know with with people that have more pull um 
and then Nellie arrives out of nowhere, like literally out of the dark. She runs into a statue and she's like, I'm here for the party or whatever. It's a yeah. great scene. You, you know who I am. And like, yeah, she's, a, she's nobody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then she emphasizes one of the another theme. This is so many, so many themes being so juggled in themes. the movie. Onion of but themes. she's like, uh, you're either a star or you're not. You can't can't be you can't work to be one or whatever. I think, yeah, I you, think don't be, you don't Asker, become one. You are. Yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's in that is proven time and again. When uh, Jack, at least in a couple instances of Jack Conrad in his movie set, where he is just so drunk and smashed, like he is gone. And then as soon as they say action, he's a professional. It's like, like it clicks it's right on. Yeah. 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 And the same thing happened for Nellie Leroy. She's just kind of standing there dumbfounded and shocked by everything that's going around going on. And then as soon as the director, who's played by Damien Chazelle's real life wife, uh, and she's amazing in the movie, by the way. Uh, she's so funny. Um, but she says action, and Nelly, like her face just, just lights kicks up. Right in. First time doing it too. Like it's yeah, never, first time yeah. doing it. She nails it. And like even the director and the I think her assistant director or producer are just looking at the script, like where the hell is she in the movie? Like because she yeah. just takes over completely. And uh, and that is that just fed into the truth of what she said of like yeah you can't teach that like you, yeah, literally right. it has to be an instinct. Um, but that's just one of the early themes of the movie. And then, you know, obviously it becomes a little more darker and, and tragic as it goes along. Yeah, it does. But, yeah. but it does it's, start. It's, a, it's a ride, man. It's a ride of a movie. Yeah. It starts on that first act, incredible high. And then the second act is like chasing the high that you had, right? Mm -hmm. So there isn't a plateau in the second act, but it is a lot of the actors going, let's just like they're plateauing but they're trying to chase the high again yeah and then the right, third right. recapture like, i mean yeah. brad pitt even says weren't the what their good old days good or whatever you know it's just yeah. like they're <laughs> even like waxing poetic about times that were just a few years ago um and tragedy starts being introduced into the story that's kind of when there's like a come down come down and, yeah. Uh, yeah and then like a um and then and then there is kind of like the very end is kind of like a uh i don't know you've recovered from the hangover kind of in a sense mm-hmm and, and it kind of gives, like, you know, the char certain characters are getting a sense of clarity about what their life was and stuff like that. Right, it's, right. Yeah. So it's exactly like a drug trip movie. It's kind of crazy. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of how it's, how it's structured. Yeah, there's so many great scenes in that movie, dude. Like, uh, I watched it again, too, because hearing you describe the scenes that you were in as you were watching it and stuff, I was like, yeah, I just got to see the scene again. It's just so yeah, freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. You were uh, talking about like the scene where she's doing a sound movie for the first time, and like those are the biggest laughs you're gonna get. I don't know, oh my like God, that, that's as big as laughs get in movies, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, and that, uh, yeah, there, there's I a lot of great like humor a, in this. He's like either a line director, I don't know what the job titles were back then, uh, but he's either like a line director or producer or something, the guy that's just constantly yelling at people to, to mm. be in their place and be quiet. He is so funny, dude. He is just yeah. dialed up to 11. Who sneezed? Who yeah, the, who the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's so kind. At, he's you know like what so I mean? The ramp, the ramp up that happens too. because yeah. of just like, and again, like, it, and we won't like describe the whole scene, but like, it just, yeah. it just kind of builds from like, you know, a girl missing, like, it's just a, a small cue, like you. Oh, I was just standing right. about an inch off of the, but the way that it graduates all the way into the chaos that it does, just from yes. like. 
a couple oh that's an oopsie daisy here and a whoopsie daisy and, and and this scene's like five to eight minutes you know but like the way that it builds is just like it's so crazy yeah. so that chaos is still there it's just kind of in a different form you know whereas the yeah. first one is just chaotic and kind of a chaos in a fun way like a playful yeah. even though yeah they're at a party it. and it's an yeah. orgy and it's nutty yeah, exactly. and everything trumpets are going off and it's all ramped up and stuff this is the same thing but like it's a, like you said it's a, it's a circus but a different kind of circus you know yeah exactly um, like they're, and, they're clearly trying to chase the high that they had when they were making silent movies like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but now introducing sound which is back then it was a totally new element no ac you know you had to like every literally everybody had to be quiet because the mics were yep. so sensitive and new and whatnot um and you see that evolve in the, in the course of the movie and how they capture sound and stuff like that but uh uh so clearly like stress was getting higher because time is money in that industry but it was just so funny to see like a door yeah. open and some people flip out you know, like, who the hell is who the? <laughs> it's like the CEO. You know, so oh, yeah. mad. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Yeah, it's so and then good. And it's punctuated with like one of my favorite editing jokes that they do, uh, where it's like something. <laughs> the way that it ends is, I'm not, oh man, I can't. I'm I can't even I'm describe just, I'm it. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> I can't even describe it. But the way that it, the thing that it cuts to next just made me laugh even harder. And like, yeah. I feel like people were losing it in my theater when during that whole that whole shoot. Um, and then I feel like I was the only one that was laughing in the theater so hard at the edit because like I noticed those jokes, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. I loved when you picked up on the sound, uh, the sound joke. It was a very Naked Gun Leslie Nielsen type. Oh, it's so, it's joke. such a Leslie, it, it's absolutely yeah. a Leslie Nielsen joke. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're like, they're putting sound in movies and it's some people even, yeah. or whatever. And like, <laughs> yeah, do people even want that? And then just diarrhea noises, like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah and then the guy's it's like, so, of course they do. Yeah, it's such, yeah, of course they do. That's what they said. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's such an obvious, like, a, like after recording, like, obvious. It, it's so obvious. It's ridiculous. So um, dumb. So and it's such, stuff. it's just dumb, like, you know, farce yeah. humor or whatever. And I think that. that yeah. And that's, that's the entire, that entire sequence that we were just talking about where, where Nelly's f filming her first <laughs> sound picture. That is just farce, like stage play farce. Yep. all the way through that sequence and it's just such an old school type of humor that we just don't get anymore yeah god dang that movie is so special i can't i can't say definitively that the third act is as strong as the first two but yeah. there is some there's more to at least think about and chew on and stuff like that like the movie, sl the movie slows down to a really deliberate pace because again like we're in we're in our come down you know kind of yeah. phase of the movie and and that cr that clarity starts to creep in for all the characters that it's kind of like the end of the road for everybody in different right. ways more some more serious than others, um, but like it's it's um, it's a necessary slowdown but like it's really hard to to leave that kind of like frenetic energy of those first two yeah. acts kind of yeah kind of continue but it's not and I, I kind of described it last night but it's not a whiplash effect you're not like suddenly like well the movie slow down all of a sudden. Like, yeah, it doesn't, that's, doesn't why, that's why it feels a like a drug yeah. trip. It just kind of like you're suddenly kind of like, wait, am I not tripping anymore? You know, yeah. <laughs> or am I yeah. not on, you know, high anymore or whatever, you know? So it's, it's just... kind of like in what further feeds the fact that the movie is like resembling a drug trip is like that whole sequence of Tobey Maguire. Uh, imagine being on drug or imagine coming down off of drugs in that scene, like yeah. in that moment. And you're like, where am I? 
I yeah. shouldn't be here. Like this is seedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Uh, Toby Maguire, magnificent in this movie. Oh my you only God. get a little of him, but he is shows up for this movie. He brings. He's so creepy and like I have yeah. an idea for a screenplay, and he's got like this freaking weird smile. Yeah. yeah, and he's got like yellow teeth, like yes. when he and they're just oh, Joker yellow. Like, oh, oh man. It's... It's something, it's, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, it's something else. He's definitely, I definitely haven't seen a performance like that from him, at least in a while. I And I haven't seen all of his movies or nothing, but uh, he played, uh, I know he played adult Bobby Fischer in that chess movie from years ago. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Fischer had some mental health distress. I'm sure I saw that movie. I don't, I don't remember uh, being like thrilled about it, but. but yeah, yeah it was fine, but, like, fault, but like, yeah. he delivered at least some manic episodes of stuff, believably. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but this was totally different beast. Like, totally just a little more menacing and unhinged. Sure. Um, but, it, but in, like, a... Um, it's, like, slightly beneath the surface type of way. Where, like, you feel at any moment he could snap. Yeah, big time. Um, big but time. really, he's, he's just right a man-child, you know? Like, he's just a guy who's just like, let's just go party, but yeah. party in a weird way, in a non-conventional yeah. way that nobody, no sane person would want to be a part of. Sure, sure. Uh, in this movie, there's a lot of moments that are just aimed to make you feel uncomfortable uh, mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, but at the at the very next moment, it's like bright colors and sexy and yeah. this and that. Like it, I'm telling you, it's a roller coaster of just like hits of emotions, and you're just like you're getting little bits of everything in this. Oh movie. yeah. Um, and I loved uh, even even just for a little bit, I loved Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving having a bit of a clash. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Margot Robbie is like. A, taking over the movie set because she's such an undeniable star. And Samara Weaving was already an actor before that. Uh-huh. So she's like, what the hell? Why are y'all like letting her control the, the script and the blocking and everything? Uh, so it was interesting that they that they wrote them to specifically to be clashing because they, they're they they're compared so often online. Yeah, for looking yeah, yeah, alike yeah. And stuff like that, you know, for being a, a copy paste by God, basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just copy that person over to this person? Like it just sure, you sure. look identical. Congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a great ensemble cast, and that's what made me think of Boogie Nights. Is like because Boogie Nights is Boogie a, Nights, that's another yeah it's another is an insane terrible. ensemble cast, uh, just doing debaucherous things, and that that's that's kind of what Babylon is too, in a sense. Yeah, um, it, it kind of felt like who the hell is not in this movie, you know, at a certain point. Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy. And and much like, again, like a Once Upon a Time is like that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, just it's like, an ensemble like, piece for people sure. People just keep on showing up in this movie. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's such a great movie, man. It's it's probably going to move. I loved it. Much, much like Trialis, Triangle of Sadness, probably going to move further up in my, uh, my top, I think it's in my top 10 somewhere, but like below like Nope, maybe. And it might it's go def- above. It's definitely nope. below Nope for me. Uh, yeah. For now. I, I just saw it. 24 hours ago so oh yeah i know it's, it's fresh yeah and that's that's kind of how i felt about it the first time I'm talking I about it all day at work today and people were like i don't i don't want to see the la la lands new movie i'm like <laughs> okay i mean i get it i guess you know yeah like, I get, if you just yeah, hate la la land yeah. like you don't want to see a movie by that guy you know yeah. but like i'll tell you it's nothing like that movie <laughs> yeah it's nothing like that it's nothing like whiplash it's nothing yeah. like first man definitely nothing like first man that movie's like a documentary uh, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, there, there are still there's still it's some so camera funny that he work did... oh go ahead I'm sorry I was going to say there's still some camera work in it that you recognize Chazelle for like he yeah. did he did very similar camera whips and tricks uh, in La La Land so I mean if you recognize his, there was yeah there was stuff, a lot of similarities Babylon. Like, for sure but what were you, you going to say um, 
it's so crazy that he would go from like something like you know uh man on the moon or whatever first man yeah uh and and like it's kind of like i'm not this is not a criticism it's a vanilla movie like there's not a lot of like conceptual stuff going on in that movie like you said it's like a documentary where it's like it's mm-hmm. it's shot the way that it's shot and everything and then this polar opposite movie where it's all style everything yeah. about it is style and loud and there's not there's nothing loud about for it so it's, it's just it's just interesting that like he he can cover yeah. that kind of big of a spectrum in terms of his like you could argue even movies. even the, the his composer that he works he's worked with in every movie Justin Hurwitz um, they were college roommates and stuff even in First Man the the score doesn't really do anything until he gets on the moon and then you're yeah. like oh what's they they're using theremin in this this is that's pretty cool like yeah. you start to notice a melody and stuff <laughs> like that uh, whereas Babylon there's just themes and melodies. In motifs oh boy, so many throughout. motifs. Oh my gosh, dude! And that and that soundtrack is amazing. I went back and listened to it. It's long because the movie's long. It's like an yeah, hour yeah, half. a lot of music. Got to fill up that movie. Uh, <laughs> but it is fantastic. It was just like just banger yeah. after banger. Basically, it's I agree. It's it's man. definitely gonna win the best score for the year at the Oscars. I can't think of another I, movie that would deserve it. Other than I know, Avatar, obviously. I know, obviously, well, obviously, Avatar, who yeah. deserves all the technical awards and the score. I hope it wins but, everything. I hope, I hope it wins movie of the year. Maybe. Oh, good lord, we're going too far. That's we're, <laughs> it's not April Fools yet. We'll we'll get there. <laughs> I I think I don't know. I think uh, the next best score to me would be All Quiet on the Western Front. I think that got nominated this year. I think it did because that is a really good score. It's so good. And then Wakanda Forever had an awesome score. Like, in the moment in the movie, when you see Wakanda Forever, it's like, yes. Yes, this is a good score. And then when you go back and listen to it, it's like, oh, this is way more nuanced and, like, detailed. The Mando guy did that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Ludwig, yeah. yeah. Ludwig. He's so good, dude. He's all right. Clearly, He's clearly Nolan's new composer guy for a reason. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, he's only can like, I get to emulate Hans while doing his own thing. Well, even like day. Ludwig, like he created the like again the Mando theme, which like everybody knows, like everybody on Earth knows that now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, might, it might as well be the first three hits of like Star Wars. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. like you know a New Hope's theme or whatever. Like it's exactly. Uh, it's uh yeah, he's, he's a music of a generation for sure. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so that's that's Babylon, uh, the movie that I saw. I'm not really going to talk about it that deeply as uh, as Babylon, but uh, Infinity Pool. That's the new one that I saw, and I saw it in theaters, uh, but I did include it in, in my Sundance rankings because it was screening at Sundance at the same exact time. So I was yeah, like, well, sure. you know, I'm counting it. Let's count it, guys. Sure. Yeah, but this not? is a, uh, I forget his first name. I think his first name is Brandon. Brandon yeah. Cronenberg movie. So it's David. It's Do I have, do I have David Cronenberg is the dad. Okay. And his son I'm like is Brandon. Second guessing myself on first. I mean, might as well. Now that you're second guessing, I'm not sure anymore. But <laughs> I feel pretty confident. But uh, I'm not confident enough to be like, no, I'm standing my ground on it this. It is David. I'm sorry. I'm just so used to saying, oh, the new Cronenberg joint. But now there's Same. two of them. Now there's two of them. Yeah, they're doing kind of similar things a little they, bit. Yeah, so. they, they very much are. <laughs> like I would, I would, yeah. After if you told me Ryan, Possessor was a David Cronenberg movie, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And if you saw this, especially after Crimes of the Future, you'd be like, yeah, it's a David Cronenberg movie. Because yeah. it, it's so similar in, in, like, in terms of uh, pacing and, um, and how Crimes of the Future actually does more body horror than this movie. I feel like Brandon, Brandon got all the body horror stuff completely out of his system for Possessor to uh-huh. a, a freaking hideous extent. Uh, I didn't yeah, watch re- the director's cut. It's horrifying. I really do have to watch that. It's... And I feel like... I think there is an NC-17 cut of Infinity Pool just because of uh, there are some drug trips that they have and there's Ooh. imagery that they flash 
And I think he had to cut some of the imagery because it was like a little too sexual or something. Um, I know he's getting mad that people are worried about it. He's like, just go see the movie. Don't worry about what version you're seeing. Like in the interview, he's like, I'm tired of people asking me about that. (laughs) Yeah, he did have to. That's why. That's how I know that what he cut from the movie is like, Uh oh, it's just little flashes. Just go see the movie. Yeah, just please go see the movie. Yeah, (laughs) you're not missing a a debowling scene. You know, like. (laughs) But this one's like definitely more grounded than like Possessor. Definitely had a has a high concept to it. There's some, yeah, there's some sci-fi elements. In terms of the sci-fi element of it and how that ends up turning into a body horror type thing. Um, this one does have I a sci-fi you. element that is just incredible. And yes, there is body horror. The sci-fi uh, concept does involve bodies and either mutilating them or stabbing them or whatever. Cool. I don't really want to get into what that is because I enjoyed not knowing okay. anything about that when I went in. Like, I didn't know that's what kind of sci-fi concept it was like i just didn't um, yeah i i have no idea what this movie's about other than uh vampire eric is in know, it yeah. yeah yeah you just know scars guards in it viking guy yeah the, the thing he's the only been known for true true and movie. then uh he's never mia been goth- in anything else yeah. never been anything else uh the uh and then uh mia goth is in it who has been on a, on a tear with like x oh, and uh, pro girl yeah and yeah. and she is true. so funny uh there's a certain point where yes she does get to do her unhinged mia goth thing and she is so antagonizing in like a in like a playful, annoying way to uh, okay. Alexander Skarsgård's character. His name's James, and just the way she says James, James, I have it in my head like I play it on a loop. It's like it's so funny. Right. <laughs> it's like funny in a messed up way when you think about it. Like uh-huh, uh-huh. when you think back on it, I'm like, why did she have to say it that way? <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, she's just, like, incredibly cr- cruel in the movie at times, um, but that's just, that's what you hire Mia Goth for. You hired her to be, yeah. like, the occasional sweet girl and then to have a turn at some point, you know? Uh, she's just so good at that. Um, but, yeah, that is the premise. Know, if I were married to Shia LaBeouf, I'd probably have pretty easy turns, too, so. Yeah, I know. She's, you know, she's got to do something to tolerate that mess <laughs> of a human being. Uh, so she, she plays a... Uh, like a girlfriend or wife to this guy that's also on vacation at the same resort that Alexander Skarsgård is at with his mm-hmm. wife. And uh, they meet and Mia Goth is like, oh, I read your book. It's great. I'm a huge fan. And then they start having dinner together and stuff like that. So like, that's where kind of it starts is like, they're bu- they're all on vacation together. Um, and then the more they hang out, the shadier things get, the okay. more often they hang out. And uh, the more reckless they get, the more violent they get. And, like, basically, it's just white people on vacation in a third-party country. Uh, like, they're, it's, another, they're, it's another one of these It's movies. another one of those. It's you know, I'm, you know I'm, I, I, we started, I was, I was hyped at the end of this episode. I'm sick of these movies. So. <laughs> There's so many. Totally 180 turn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's a horror version of that. Uh, well, so, well, like, so not, like the menu, then. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's I'm so that, funny. that actually it's makes so, me more excited to see this movie. So funny watching people on like TikTok discover what horror comedy is. Like they're watching a yeah. uh, there's a scene in the menu where it's it's one of the biggest laughs, and I hate to spoil it, but I'm gonna mention it. The chef um the chef asks somebody, gosh, uh somebody that went to Harvard or something, right? Uh, did you see the movie? Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. the movie. So the the chef asks uh one of the dinner guests, like uh-huh. He was like, "Please, I went to Harvard. I matter." He's like, "Did you? Uh, 
did you did you pay for that like through through loans or did you, she's like no I had a full ride scholarship sorry you're gonna die. It's <laughs> 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 like one of the yeah. best laughs in the movie. And yeah, TikTok's yeah, yeah. up there going, I thought this was supposed to be scary. And I'm like, have y'all not seen a horror comedy before? It is yeah, so crazy. Yeah. Um, so there's some there's some unsettling jokes in Infinity uh, okay. Pool. You're not going to laugh out loud and stuff like that. But there's definitely some like what the hell is going on type humor. Yeah. Uh, that that I feel like all the Cronenbergs are really good at now. Uh, Crimes of the right. Future, especially. Um, that one's definitely way grosser than this one. Um, That's the, a gross movie, dude. Oh man, yeah. I, a lot really, of I, I actually like oh, that movie a lot. Movie. So much squelching in that movie. Oh my god. Yeah. So much gooey, sticky, slimy and, noises. And not even squelching that needs to happen. They're sitting in a chair. Yeah, and, and it, like yeah, he'll like, like lean into a chair. And it's like <laughs> you know, just, what the. <laughs> so great yeah squelch <laughs> so, so yeah infinity pool is really great to me i i yeah i really really liked it i i've ended up putting it i think somewhere at four out of five because it's definitely not a movie i'm gonna be like oh let me watch let me watch that again man yeah i mean uh, that's how i feel about most cronenberg movies where i'm like glad i watched that yeah but, uh, exactly Crimes of the that future one. Too. yeah at least, at least they make movies that are designed to stick with you for for sure. years and years and years years uh because this one definitely will and so will crimes of the future and so will another movie we're going to talk about later probably in our pick five who knows um anyway that's my new movie i do recommend it at least, at least to kyle and and anybody that because i know you like cronenberg stuff um yeah. anybody that likes cronenberg stuff like and if you don't know who cronenberg is and you've never really watched a body horror thing in your life just don't start. I wouldn't start. Yeah, now. yeah. I don't, you would have found it by now if you're into that, you know. Right. And yeah. like, it's one of those things where, like, I, in certain rooms, I'm not telling people I'm a Cronenberg fan. You know, like, <laughs> right. Right. But you might like get put on a list or something. Like, I'm so. not going to a family. Thanksgiving I'm not going to work like, and telling HR yeah. that I'm into Cronenberg right. movies. You know, I like, put you on right. a list for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'll, I'm on a watch list forever just for doing this. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For admitting both, it here. We both are. We can't fly anywhere. <laughs> So uh, that's something new that we watched. Did you watch anything old? It can be a rewatch. Um, did you watch anything yeah. old that you want to talk about? I, ju I just got done with a movie that makes me so hyped, Jeff, and it's The Raid 2. And yes. I'm telling you, man, I don't want to spend too much time because I know we're, we try and keep these things a little shorter, but I could talk about this movie for literally ever. Yeah, uh, I think it's in my top ten uh, movies of all time. Favorite. Wow. Movies. I think okay. yeah, it, absolutely. I think it's just like an absolute action masterpiece. Um, I think it's um, there are like that the, that one fight scene at the end in the kitchen is hands down the best choreographed fight scene ever. Ever. Like like yeah. period. <laughs> yeah. like, you're so tired by the end of that after watching these people have an eight minute fight scene. You're like yeah, it's it's Ugh. eight whole ass minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like oh my side hurt. And like you're not doing yeah. anything. You're just watching it. You know. And uh, talk about a director who knows how to let a scene breathe and stuff like that. You know. So like he really learned from Hong Kong cinema to just like you don't need to cut every punch. Like I punch, cut, kick, punch. You know, cut, cut, cut. So it's not mm -hmm. this cut up mess. It's like this really tangible, followable ballet of of violence uh that i'm just super into and the whole movie is just filled with amazing you know action from like the the car chase sequence where he's there's literally a kung fu fight in a car while like yeah. it's going at high speeds yeah, and like. and they're and they're moving the camera physically from one car to another yeah with while like an moving. assembly line yeah, of yeah. people that there's a behind the scenes feature at i watch highly it. recommend people watch it because they, they did that for real they were like yeah, yeah, yeah. the cars it, were driving it's, it's, 
And they it's did an assembly with, line for the camera. It's up yeah. there with Nolan making a hallway that actually turns. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like in terms of like like how did they pull that shot off? Well, here's a whole thing about how they did that. Right. Um, <laughs> it's it's amazing. I think the whole movie is just absolutely outstanding, and it's a, it's actually a really good revenge crime story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going into like a, this um, standard story. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's not like painting any new any new beats or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the execution of those beats is just a really confident like. Uh, dive into the underworld and different crime families of uh, the people who kind of run the city in Indonesia uh, and like, you know, main character from the first movie, which it's really weird. Like you only need to know like a couple things from the first movie for this movie to even make sense. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't suggest just watching this movie without seeing the first one, but they just take a couple key ideas from that movie and they're like, okay, let's expand on those in a really super big way. And this, whereas that movie is more about the action and less about the story, this movie is just as much about the story as the action. So, like, you really know what's going on with all these characters. So when their face gets beaten in, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's his journey's done. <laughs> I guess um, so. <laughs> like, even that, like, little story with, like, the the hobo hitman who's, like, yeah. he's got a kid yeah. and he just, he loves his wife and his kid, but his wife is, like, completely ashamed of, like, what he does for a living and ostracizes him from the family. And you're like, oh, this is really sad. And then, like, there's, like, brutal stuff that happens to this guy. You know? Yeah. Like, the very next scene, you know, yeah. and it's... um. It's a great, man, it's a great movie. It's just one of the all-time, like, hype movies for me. Absolutely, me too. I'm in, actually, because you mentioned it in the chat, uh, in our chat, that you were almost done watching it or you're in the middle of watching it. I started it, like, an hour before we recorded uh, because uh, I was like, you know what? It's been a couple years, and I just, I have to see... I have to see the riot scene again. I have to Did see. Did you see the prison? Did you see? Yes, the prison I got. To, I got past the prison, and now that, that, in, there's so months. much of that. That's yeah. one shot. Like it's. Oh yeah, it's. It how is. How did they not get? And that's also, another one where they 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 show you how to make the scene because they're like you know we had to do the scene a thousand times because mud would just splash under the lens. That that they have to reset that, everything. And I, you know? I imagine the stunt work is especially difficult for somebody like Iko uh, Uwais who played the lead because yep. he's got to uh-huh. run. At the end he's, of the fight, he slips a he's lot. He's running yeah. and he's trying not to slip completely because he still has to fight people that run up to him. Yeah, um, yeah. so he's like trying to run to uh, U- Ucho. I think that's his name. The, yeah, the, Ucho. The, yeah, the boss. Yeah, Ucho. Yeah, the mob boss's son. Uh, and uh, he's trying to save him from an assassination attempt, but like he's just like trying to. And I just like in that moment, I felt for the actor. You know, like I was yeah, like yeah. that that poor actor fell on his ass so many times trying to do that thing. Oh, like, for it's sure, just, for sure. Yeah. That, that, that just it was like one of the longest scenes there. That 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 I, I bet. had to shoot. That mud did uh, look fun to play in, though. I'm not gonna lie. It did. Yeah, it, it looks very comfortable. If I had to get <laughs> judo thrown to the ground, you know, it, it might as well be in some squishy mud. You know. Yeah, it looked very squishy. Uh, <laughs> Too. Yeah, it, it's one of my all-time <laughs> favorites to me, and I hadn't seen it Absolutely. in a while. It's on Netflix. It's really easy to watch. You know, you can jump oh, right yeah. on there and give it a look. Man. You've never okay. w- seen it before? Like, please watch both of them. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're the actually... reason why we have action movies the way we have them now, is these yeah, movies. definitely. I agree. <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think that's the only way to watch them is consecutive, because The Raid 2 picks directly up where it left off. Direct, and you like, need seconds after. You need to feel the stakes of what happens in the beginning of The Raid 2. Like, and you can't. Yeah. If you just see these people, what happens to the people from the first movie right away in the second movie and you don't know who they are, like you just need to feel the way you have of... to know. Yeah, you have to have that set up for sure. Yeah, those definitely. are and those are the elements I'm talking about that like they just bring like you have to know those kind of final moments of that movie uh, mm-hmm. to really make this movie like why why he's on this mission, you know, and it's. Yeah. Because at first he says no. He says, no, not at all. I'm not going to do anything. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. They're going to kill your family if you don't. He's like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, so be it. Let me up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> be all right. 
Um, that's a great movie. I'm still in the middle of watching it. Uh, the one that I chose to rewatch was uh, Homeward Bound and The Incredible Journey. Wow. Okay. I don't know what. I, I, I think yeah. it was just because uh, I had some stuff happen with my dog. Uh, I'm not yeah, gonna get into it. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. I wanted to see a, a cute dog movie, and this was in the history of Jeff. This was the first movie I ever cried at, according to my mom. Okay. It was the first movie I ever like. What like, and I don't mean cried at during during the movie because I was being unruly. I mean I cried at because of a story beat in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and up until that point, I was kind of a demon child, and I growled a lot, and I did weird shit. So like, when I started stuff, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the fact that I felt stuff so much when the old dog comes over the hill at the end—I mean, that's the—that's pretty much it for everybody. I mean, is that moment yeah. where the old dog comes over the hill, uh, and I start crying? That's when my mom was like, "Oh my god, he feels things! Thank God!" Like she was genuinely like, oh, "Yeah, right." <laughs> God, you're human. Yay. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a simple movie, much like The Raid 2. I mean, it's, except not obviously not as good. But uh, the, Well, the, the dog fight scenes in the movie are not as well shot. I can't, I can't believe the, the one are. takes that they did. Uh, the one take. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, seen such great dog one take since Milo and Otis, you know? <laughs> they have used animals in that movie, dude. There are a lot of dead animals in that movie, too. <laughs> They went through I actually, a lot of animals. Knowing, knowing what I know about dogs, and uh, I don't know much about cats, except they're not willing to really do anything. Um, they for sure put these animals through some hell to make this movie. I am certain of it. I'm like 99% sure. There were no rules back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't. There was no like, I mean, sure, PETA existed, but it wasn't like they helped monitor movie sets or anything. They no, didn't care. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have any sway like that. Um, so like there were some things that happened in it that I feel the camera, they just let the cameras roll. And they let the dogs do whatever. And then they had the voiceover come in and just explain what's happening. Like, there's especially the American Bulldog, uh, Chance. Um, mm -hmm. He's clearly like a one, two years old. He's got a lot of puppy energy and he's very frantic. And when he runs, sometimes he falls. Uh, and I think they just filmed that and left it in the movie. And then yeah. Michael J. Fox is doing the voiceover going, whoopsie. Like, you know, I mean, so some of it is does feel like they you know, did shot at documentary style, like in a certain yeah. way. Um, but some of it, I'm like, it's a little contrived. How do you get a dog? To, how do you get a dog to do that? Unless you're like, or, or, or a cat, I guess, unless you're like just straight up throwing them into the scene, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, how do we get this dog to almost drown? I don't know. I think we <laughs> almost drown it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's and the, the director's part of, like, all right, let's part of like adult me that felt weirded out by their actual. Yeah. Adventure. Uh, but but the part at the beginning where they're with the family and then the, the family leaves and then they're on this farm. They're literally on a farm. Not, it's not a metaphor for them being killed. <laughs> they're literally on a farm with somebody, Thanks. one of the family friends, and uh, they're being fed and stuff. And I'm like, cool, this is fun. I, I preferred at this rate, being the age that I'm at, I preferred seeing them interact with humans. Uh, that was just something that I apparently prefer seeing in, in, in pet movies now. Okay. Um, but yeah, by the time they reunited with the family at the end, uh, the tears came again. So like almost 30 yeah. years on the dot, uh, I'm still Over crying at this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, I, the, the, again, this movie is not like amazing. I, I, purely nostalgia purposes, I, sure. I love. It. But but because there are some moments in the script too where like the dogs and the cats are written to not understand what humans are saying at all. So they don't understand why their family is gone. You know. Yeah. And, right. But. But you have Michael J. Fox making Arnold Schwarzenegger references. I'm like, so how does he know? How, how does how does a dog know about that? But they don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a quandary for sure. Um, you know, it, 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 I think it's more appropriate to like like this movie than being coming being a sociopath and being like I really love Old Yeller that feel good movie. Yeah. You know? So I think he picked the right dog movie to be nostalgic I, I, about I, at least. I almost went with Hachi, a dog's tale, which is about uh, a, it's a it's a whitewash story. Sorry, um, but it is uh, a, about a true story of this dog in Japan. I think his name was Hachiko, who um, his owner went every time his owner would go to a train. Uh, the uh, the dog would follow him there every mm-hmm. single time uh, when when the when the owner would go to board a train to go to work every single day uh, the dog would do that but then one time the owner goes to work something an accident happened the, happens the owner dies um, so the dog is just waiting at the train station like he runs to the train station and just waits there for him and it's and that's the movie in a nutshell is like him waiting there for night and this is a true story. He literally just hung out at the train station waiting for his owner, who was never going to come back. Mm. Um, and the dog didn't know. So he became like a like a fixture of the train station that, you know, like passengers would like feed him and pet him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was still taken care of. It's just such a tragic story and like why dogs are the best. Uh, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, they made a movie about it starring Richard Gere, you know, the Japanese guy, Richard Gere. Uh, so <laughs> oh, Richard the Gitter. <laughs> oh, God. You did it, not me. You did it. Uh, Are we not allowed to do that anymore? <laughs> but like he, uh, yeah, he like passes, and then like it's it's a night. It's a really short movie, but like sure. I cry. I think I cried through like probably half of the movie because it was yep. just so fucking upsetting and and also adorable at the same time. Because uh, they they cast a really cute dog to play the dog. Um, he was like a uh, one of those floofy dogs that are a little bigger. Okay. I can't, yeah. I can't remember what those are called. Uh, Mastiff. I I don't. I'm not. I'm not versed at all on dog breeds, like at sure. all. <laughs> like, I just know the type of dogs that my friends and family have. That's about it, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, yeah, this was the one I went on because I was like, well, at least I'll know. I'll only cry at the ending. Uh, sure. Whereas, yeah, yeah. whereas Hachi, which is on Netflix, I'll be like a mess the whole time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's the one I went with for my old movie. So we'll go to our pick five and, um, and this is favorite movies we'll never watch again. Okay. Uh, do you want, do you want to start us off with throwing at me? Uh, yeah, I'll throw one at you. Um, no, you know, again, like I think we said at the top of the show, like I, I like a lot of these movies. Right. Never want to see any of these movies again. Um, <laughs> in fact, if you hear some of these suggestions and you run out and see these movies, and you're like, I didn't like that at all. This is not a list of suggestible, you know, run out and go see it movies. I didn't choose Salo and disturb all disturbing movies or anything like that. So, uh-huh. you know, I, I tried, I tried to go for, if you did find your way to them, like there is something to enjoy, but if you didn't, no one's going to crucify you for it. Cause these are pretty hard to watch movies. Oh, the first one I picked that kind of falls under that is hard candy. With, yeah. Uh, with Elliot yeah. page and, uh, yes. yeah. Patrick Wilson. Uh, Wilson. Yeah. 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 I only watched that. Within the last five years. That was the first time I've ever seen it. You're going to watch it again? No, I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, It's a good movie, you know? Uh, I'm I'm pro-mutilating the bodies of child molesters. So, you know, I'm pro the movie's message. It's just, it's a hard watch. And it's about really complicated subject matter. Uh, yeah. And it's a revenge tale, you know, and revenge is had. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's just a really rough watch, you know, and uh, it's not something I clamor to go back for. But if, like, you really want to see, like, Elliot Page, like, acting her 
uh, his face off, their face off at this time when they're what, like 14? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, you yeah. know, young. You know what I mean? Very adolescent. Yeah. Acting their face off, dude. So, Absolutely. um, love that movie. And Patrick Wilson does a good job, too. You know, you're not oh, supposed he to does. like him. He's a creeper, you know, and but I, like. And it's so perfect that they cast him in it because they don't reveal what he is until a little later in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you don't, you start to understand the nature of what's happening. Yeah. Um, he's such an unassuming person to cast in that role that it's so perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. so perfect. That's what makes it so much more disturbing. Yeah, a lot it's of it like, you don't. Yeah, really these know. people are like your neighbors and your everyday people. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. You know, um, it's just disturbing. But it's like, so it's, messed it's, up. It's, yeah. a, it's a it's a good movie if you want to see people good. just acting their face yeah. off. You know? <laughs> I do enjoy it. It's just yeah. I look back on it and I go, yeah, 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 I'm good on seeing that one again. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and you can find that movie on a lot of most disturbed movie lists. I would say it's pretty low stakes in terms of like most disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's disturbing, but that that list goes down some really weird rabbit holes. Yeah, that there are some borderline that, snuff films. So. I, I think there are some <laughs> that you and I are not going to mention for this. Uh, yeah, like I, you mentioned Salo. I didn't put that on here because I don't love that movie. Uh, I don't either. I think that there's important things to say about that movie, yeah. but not in a way where I'm like, you gotta watch it. Yeah, <laughs> at least I have tricked a lot of couples into watching it for Valentine's Day, though. <laughs> Can I get a Valentine's I Day suggestion? I'll be like, Salo, watch Salo. Yeah. Make sure your boo is there, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've ru- I may have ruined a couple of relationships. Oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> you read about a movie before you watch it, guys. Like, that's <laughs> not my fault if you fall for it. <laughs> Yeah, you might need to, and or at least check the poster, and you'll be like, "This doesn't look romantic." <laughs> yeah, this isn't romantic at all. Yeah, why is this European naked flick? Just give it some time. It's European. Why? Just give it some time. If you look at the poster by itself, you're like, "Why is this naked person hiding in a corner, looking traumatized?" Yeah, it's clearly a romantic movie. We gotta watch it. We got lost. Lost of humanity, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, that's my first pick. What's what's your what's your pick? What, what, the one I, uh, I'm gonna go with. These are all for like a variety of reasons. Some of them are disturbing, but the first one I'm gonna mention is one that I just get too overwhelmed with emotion during, and that's Gleason. Uh, this is a movie from 2016. It's a documentary. Um, it's about this former NFL kicker for the New Orleans Saints who was diagnosed with ALS, mm. and it's about his journey with that. Uh, I don't know if he's still alive. I think he is still alive. Um, but he's obviously not mobile anymore. He's like in a wheelchair and stuff like that. Um, so seeing that journey at the same time, my grandpa was going through it. Um, and he did go through it. Obviously he didn't suddenly not stop going through it. I mean, it took his life, unfortunately. Um, but it was very like a a raw thing like that happened when I watched the movie and like, there were grown ass men in that movie that were football fans or grown ass men in the theater watching the movie that are clearly football fans. Like they're clearly dudes that are more broy than me that were crying their eyes out there in this movie, dude. It is a hard, it is such yeah. a hard watch. Cause he's a, he's a dad, you know, like his, his wife having to go through this stuff, uh, is ca- having to hire a caretaker to do all this stuff he used to be able to do. Um, while also him maintaining a good natured, uh, spirit and sense of humor doing all of it. Like there's a part where ALS removes a lot of people's like, uh, ability to take a healthy shit not to get too like gross about it but sure. there is a part in the movie where the caretaker has to come over and help him almost like plunge his asshole okay yeah <laughs> and he's like making jokes the whole time you know like he's yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. a common thing for als like you lose sure. function you lose bodily functions all over uh, your organs you know so um but it was like he's making jokes the whole time and, and it's it, 
I don't know. It's the way he lightened it up and stuff. But I would never watch it again. You're you're literally watching human suffering for a disease that yeah. is incurable. There is no cure. Currently, there's no cure. Um, sorry, your ice bucket challenges didn't work. There's no cure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just I'm just re- remembering the space I was in in the theater when I saw that movie, and it was just nonstop tears after maybe half an hour into it. Um, I can't do it again. I just can't. I feel, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That but I do sense. love it, and I do want people to see it at least once. I think it's on Amazon or something. Um, I'm pretty sure it's streaming somewhere, because uh, it is fantastic. Um, anyway, what's another one of yours? Uh, another one of mine uh, is kind of, and this one is maybe uh, is a little more disturbing, and I, I like this movie for a couple reasons, uh, just because there's not a lot of movies out there that a director gets to make once and then they ask to just make it again the exact same way, but like American. Uh, and that's Funny Games. Oh, Not a fun yeah. watch. Good movie. Uh, Mikael, Michael Haneke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's like, he's one of the only directors to remake his own movie in America. But like scene for scene almost, line for line, you know, like just with like different people. Yeah. Um, and um, Except for Tim Roth, right? Again, like Roth if you want to watch something that just like is totally outrageously disturbing yeah this is, this is a good stop for that and i wanted to at least represent at least one of those movies on here that are just like yeah. it's so it almost like you kind of feel like you're recommending something that's going to like ruin someone's day whenever you yes. <laughs> hey go watch this movie it definitely ruined my oh, day man it's definitely one um, of those. and it's just it's a it's a rough it's a it's a it's a rough watch you know and it uh, but it's really rough. good i really like um <clears throat> australian girl in this movie i'm like blanking on names naomi watts. Day today. naomi watts there you go she's great in this movie um she's so good and the dudes who played the killers, they're just so Michael and, uh, Michael and... Pitt is something else. He's a different kind of menacing dude. Um, he is. Yeah. He was he, he was that way in Hannibal as well until they re- apparently recast him. But um, yeah, apparently he's difficult. Uh, it sounds like he's difficult to work with. But that's the rumor that I heard is like, oh, this okay. guy's. Oh, OK. Never mind. In July 2022, he was arrested and charged with assault and petty larceny uh, after attacking uh, another man multiple times. Oh, OK, so he's not great. So he's just a, kind of a crazy person, maybe. He, uh, quite literally, he was hospitalized and deemed emotionally disturbed uh, after hmm. being accused of throwing items at people from the rooftop of a building. So he's got some problems, man. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. So he's perfect for this role. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I do remember I saw this version once. I have not seen the original, but my understanding is that it's almost a one-to-one remake. Because um, it's the same director, same writer. So he just remade his own version of a 90s movie with Naomi Watts and Tim Roth and stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm I the same way. I watched it once. I was like, oh, that's wacky. Like, because there are some comedy elements. There are, uh, yeah. And it kind of makes you feel better. You're like, why am I laughing right now? This movie's yeah, so I know. Range, it's really you know? Yeah. And that's part of it. That's part of the experience where you're, you know, yeah. you're just kind of trapped in whatever the emotions that uh, the movie's asking you to <laughs> meet it at. But, uh, Right. It's what, dude, it's just, it's a, and again, it's a, it's a movie I enjoy. That one I recommend to anybody, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like, and when I'm thinking about movies, I'm like, yeah, I'm good on that one. This yeah, is like exactly. one of the very first ones that came to mind when I started crafting this list. I'm like, oh, I'm super good on that movie. Yeah, That's exactly. Fine. Yeah, same here. I feel you on that. Um, my next one is, oh, let's just go Cronenberg. I'm going to, I listed the fly here. Um, okay. I watched this for the first time as an adult. So I was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, there was another movie that we mentioned that last in the last five watched in the last five years. I can't remember what it was now, but um, I'm pretty sure I watched this one in the last five years too. Uh, oh, it was for when we were doing our podcast. It was so it was 2017. 
So it was way longer. Uh, <laughs> so we were doing a 2017. Um, we were doing like, oh, what were the best movies of 20 years ago? In 1997 or whatever. Um, or 1987. We were doing our tournament podcast. So for homework, I watched The Fly. And that ended up being my favorite okay. movie. That, yeah, that ended up being my favorite movie of that year. Like it overtook whatever was in my number one. Because nice. this movie is just so freaking good. It is. But it's it's equally gross. And I can't watch it again. Like I just no, can't. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like it's I, not like you're showing up. It's like, well, I got to show up for the Goldblum sex appeal, you know, like, because right. uh, that goes away pretty quick in this. Movie, so. It does, yeah. And there's just something about watching. I don't know something about with horror movies uh, and body horror movies, especially where you're watching skin like fall off in such gross, incredibly vivid ways. Yeah, that's like a thing that makes me squirm the most. Like that and. Um, Sometimes stabbing scenes make me go, oh, stop. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, especially like Cabin in the Woods is filled with that, that Eli yeah. Roth movie where it's like they're just like itching their skin off. I'm like, can you stop it? Oh, that's like, uh, Cabin Fever. Right? Cabin Fever, not yes. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods is Cabin the Fever, one. I remember. There's like a girl like yeah, Cabin Fever, like she like sticks her whole finger. Like it's fucking, it's just gross, dude. Ooh. Oh, I don't. I don't really like that. I thought that movie was actually kind of trash. But uh, <laughs> no, it's but, not. It's yeah, not a recommendation. No, but, it's like, not a recommendation. But you're right. That, that one is on a topic. Movie that you're like, yeah, that, that is a movie that definitely has one of my most squirmiest things I see in movies. And yeah. that's when skin is like being peeled off, yeah. and it feels real. Like it's, it's too, just it's too close. Oof. The close-ups yeah. are good. The makeup's too good. I'm like, no, no thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fly is just like that for me. It, you yeah, know, yeah. He does have that brief like honeymoon phase of superhuman abilities where it's fun. And then yeah. it takes a turn. <laughs> it takes a He's turn naked in the out. corner, like sticking to the walls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. This movie's so good, though. It's uh, good. I like that movie. So that's it's definitely a favorite in in the traditional sense. What's uh, another one of yours? I'll stick to Cronenberg and say Possessor, which we are talked about earlier. Um, oh, yeah. You know, this is one where it's like I can kind of go back and watch The Fly. Like there are other, like you know, I may not go back and watch like Crimes of Humanity. Uh, you know, there might be a few that I don't go back to. But Possessor was one because I accidentally watched the NC17 version. Mm-hmm. And just wasn't aware that there was like a, a, a kind of a nuttier version. And while that movie's not like totally off putting or anything, like it's got enough imagery where I'm like, yeah, I, I saw that and that was wacky. Yeah. Uh, but I actually really enjoy like the sci fi elements in that movie and kind of a lot of the other Dude. kind of like stabs that that movie takes. I love the sci fi stuff in it. That's it's so just, rad. It's just like, I don't, maybe if I watched the other version, there was some, some lighter, <laughs> not <laughs> as much. Maybe I'd be a little more like, yeah, let's watch that, or I'm gonna tell someone about that movie. But like, this is another one where I'm like, boy, I mean, I guess go and see it if you're into this stuff. I mean, I liked it, but like, I don't know if you're not initiated, just don't, just don't yep. check it out, you know. Uh, so I like again, how really like a movie, but it, it's 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 just gross enough where I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> I like how this uh, this topic accidentally fits the Infinity Pool uh, coming out this week, um, this past week. Uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. It's just kind of. I we talked about we did, yeah it's a Cronenberg podcast yeah yeah pretty much it's a Cronenberg Cronencast. podcast now we're Cronencast um but yeah that 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 movie I remember not really caring for the the theatrical version that I saw I remember liking it in concept but not execution mm-hmm. and then I kept hearing uh, not just from you but I kept hearing from others that saw both versions that were like no the director's cut you have to watch the director's cut and I still haven't watched it yet just because it's such a messed up movie it is yeah it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's How hard dark to sell enough. is that? You're like, okay, I guess I'll watch a version that's rated more horrifying, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another one of mine is, this one is just because the movie's long. And there's a lot okay. of stuff in it 
where They're nothing's presented. happening, but it's it's so gorgeous. And it's one of Stanley Kubrick's movies. It's Barry Lyndon. Um, okay, I haven't seen this movie. Totally content never seeing this again. And I think this is a movie that is kind of getting uh, reanalyzed lately. And people are like, no, that's a classic. That's a classic, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it is uh, pushing three hours. I, I don't know if it's at three hours or maybe over it. Um, but it's long. And it's about this insignificant guy. And that's probably why there's no urge to go rewatch it. Is because he's so... He's such a boring character. Sure. Okay. Uh, but it's deliberate. It's 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 him trying to just, you know, go through this because this movie occurs like what in the I don't know. Rena- I always think Renaissance whenever I think like Shakespearean times or whatever. Uh, Victorian era. Let's just say Victorian era. So it's a long time ago, right? Um, so he's just trying to work his way th- uh, from low class to upper class, right? And he's just minding his business in the shadows while he does it. Uh, and and being the most boring person possible, an insignificant person possible, um, in in a society that's very classist. Uh, so like, uh, yes, there are some tragic moments, and he does try to do like a quote unquote heroic thing at the end. Um, uh, I guess it's it's heroic in terms of Kub- the way Kubrick does heroic. Okay, it's not- sure. You know, it's like still there's yeah. something messed up about it, but he's not a knight in shining armor. Yeah, no, not yeah. at all. Not this guy. <laughs> but that's the only thing. That's the thing is like the main character is so like when I think about it, it's not that it puts me to sleep because it's so boring. It's just kind of like it's such a cookie cutter white guy. Like it's just yeah, like, so. <laughs> it's like immediately puts me off to wanting to watch it again, especially knowing the length. But if you want to see some magical, like it is truly incredible, the cinematography. And the score is something that the Raid 2 uses. Um, the score is that theme that's da, 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 da. That's that theme. Yeah. Uh, which happens when the, the not Mad Dog character dies or whatever. Yeah, gets, totally it, not Mad Dog where they yeah. get gray in his hair dies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> totally. uh, love that scene. Love that song. Yeah, yeah so uh, that's that's the thing with Raid 2 that makes me it makes me think of actually Kubrick the most. Um because in the execution of like the long, there's take. a lot of super symmetry, like yeah. in like the like the restaurant shot and like so mm-hmm. many shots in that movie. Even like when he's in the car, like how the camera's like centered directly on him and it yeah you know, shoots to the top of the car while he's doing everything. Just it's yeah, very Kubrickian, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. Uh, there's a lot of that one. I guess they call it one point perspective, where it's like you put your finger in the center of the camera and it's just squares around it. You know, like it's just it's the center. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I, that, that's, that's kind of actually what Barry Lyndon, uh, Barry, I think of Barry Lyndon when I watch the read too. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the same exact song. But Barry Lyndon plays that song through all of like, the, whole, the yeah. entire thing. By the time, uh, like three hours later, you're like, I hate this song. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I actually, it's it's hard to say that I loved it the first time I watched it. It's one that I had to kind of look up and discover more about and what the intention was with the character uh, to, appreci- to fully appreciate and admire more. Um, but the cinematography on a technical level, he like invented, he had to build a new lens so he could film in candlelight for real. Mm. Um, instead of using fake lights to light up a scene that's all in candlelight because they didn't have electricity back then. Um, he was like, no, we're going to film for real candlelight when we're inside at night. Um, and he, he had to, cool. Yo, go ahead. he had to make a completely new lens for that. that that's was crazy. Sensitive. Yeah. Uh, that's so that, on a technical level crazy crazy to watch that movie uh yeah. but yeah sorry you it's, it's no james cameron who created a new camera to shoot cg so you know 
you know i'm no, pretty let's sure not, james... let's not let's give credit to where it's due here <laughs> james cameron created water for that movie okay he yeah he invented water yeah, he invented yeah. water for that movie let's, uh, let's he's like, i had to create a whole new underwater camera i'm like you did that already he's like for my fake you know alien movie i'm like shut <laughs> he up dude. That already for, like, get out of here with all that yeah <laughs> uh sorry that's our weekly uh jab uh, that's I'm our sorry. weekly james cameron sorry, dig sorry uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't wait till the box office recap to do that um so what is you what's another one of yours <clears throat> uh so this is a movie and i, I remember uh you know my uh 4 a.m hate watch that i like to do you know sometimes i wake up at 4 a.m i just can't get back to sleep so i'll throw on like a, a garbage town movie oh yeah like yeah. fast and the furious something like that so it's something i know i'm just not gonna enjoy right uh so who cares it's four in the morning like you don't have to put your whole brain into it or whatever well one morning i woke up and i was very awake and i was like yeah let's put let's watch something a little, with a little more meat on the bones you know uh, let's watch a good movie uh so i put on detroit uh not a way to start your day um no, not at all can I just say, let me let me get the good stuff out of the way for us. This is like one of the most well-acted movies I've seen and some of the best right. performances of all the people in this movie. Like Will Poulter and uh, why am I blanking on Finn's name right now? Um, John Boyega? Yeah, John Boyega. Like it's like you're talking about career performances for these guys, you know. Um, and uh, it just doesn't help that like when you're trying to start your foot on the right day or whatever, like the whole movie is just tragedy. It's horrific real you know stuff that really happened really happened a tragedy yeah. you know and it's 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 a super hard watch but like it is genuinely and objectively if you can use that word a, an absolutely great movie yeah uh, it's just not one i'd ever want to watch ever again because of that's a great how, how hard of a, yeah. of it is to digest and uh really sit through because it's just a it's traumatizing yeah um and that's coming from a white guy watching a movie having to do a different <laughs> you know like it, they're like watching that is just like oh this is horrific <laughs> like, yeah. and it's it's just it's hard to watch humans do that to each other you know on, on any level that's a great um, pick especially because uh i do i did really like that movie when it came out me too uh, yeah but, but there was something about like yes that my, that was my immediate reaction too as the credits were rolling was like i don't think i ever need to see this again like you ruined my whole day like my whole <laughs> yeah. day i was like i'm just gonna stay in bed today yeah. Uh, it was a Saturday, you know, I was like, fuck today, dude. That's yeah. awful. What do you like, want to go out there and like all so horrible all bullshit's going on in the world, you know? Like you fuck this, you know. And you should have just picked uh, the rock movie. I should have picked I should have picked the uh with the movie with the uh, the spin-off with them too, with the Hobbs and Shaw. I should have watched Hobbs and Shaw, yeah. yeah. Shobbs, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, I really messed up that weekend, but whatever. <laughs> I, I love that movie. It's just it's a really hard watch and I it would is. never watch it again. Yeah. I, I Thanks, actually Cap do suggest people go out and watch it though. Like me too, man. I think it's There's super so important. Many great performances, in and that it's movie. it's got great performances, you know. And it's just it's an all star cast of people you recognize who've never done maybe stuff like this before. Like yeah. Will Poulter is that creepy kind of like weird kid from We Are the Millers, and then he mm -hmm. like is the most antagonist, scary person in the entire world. Like uh, like you know by the end of this movie, right? Um, it's just like it's a total night and day thing. And now this guy's like, you know, he's got a real career out of him. You know, he's actually oh, yeah. doing a lot of stuff and he's dipping his Adam Warlock, man. I'm trying to remember who else was in that movie because there was an ensemble of people in it that were not yet major stars. And I feel like this movie kind of made them stars. Um, oh, the guy who played uh, Larry Reed, Algie Smith, he was a singer. Uh, he was also the he was also a football player that dated uh, Sydney Sweeney's character in the first season of Euphoria. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing in that movie. He's he great in this. I forgot that he was in stuff. that. Yeah, dude, he's so good. 
uh, Jacob Lattimore. I barely remember Jason Mitchell. I remember from being in uh, the, uh, what's the other movie? Straight out of Compton. I remember him from that. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin Deaver's in this. That's right, because it was uh, uh, black people were partying. Uh, black guys were partying with white girls, and that was like in Detroit. That was like no. Don't yeah, do that. At that know? time. So, like, yeah. Yeah, at the yeah, time. Sadly, maybe still. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, real, it's a on, weird world out there, you know. Depending on where you go. I mean, Alabama. So, I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah. Some parts of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> uh, misery. Misery in America. It's just any other whatever. Yeah, it's uh, a hard uh, it's a hard but important watch. And I, I felt like it was one like, that, like, kind of worked its way on my list the more I was, like, working out. Like, what kind of movies should I represent on this list? Because I think, again, good movie, really important. Just, uh, right. you know, it's a one and done for sure. I'm going to go with, uh, for the next one, I'm going to go with a Denis Villeneuve movie. Um, okay. That might be surprising, but this is one of his French movies. So, I mean, that's not the reason I won't watch it again. <laughs> I don't want to watch it because there's freaking French. It's French. I got to read, and <laughs> that romantic language makes me feel sad. You know? <laughs> and that's enough said. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the movie's Polytech. I still don't know how to say it. Polytechnic or Polytechnic. Yes, it's a school oh, shooter movie. Oh boy, that's uh, why I won't see this movie. It just seems like a hard watch. It's, it's it's very. I mean, I use the word harrowing to describe Twenty Days of Mario Paul because that movie is legit capturing for real horrors and tragedies. This is shot. Yes, it is shot in black and white, but it still feels like he's shooting a documentary handheld, and you're in the room for all this stuff. It feels way too real, man. Um, and there is a. This is based on a real shooting that happened. I think it's in Montreal, hence all the French talking. Um, where this uh, the shooter's uh, manifesto, so to speak, uh, was, you know, he was an incel. Women are the worst, and it's their fault I'm unattractive or whatever. So he was going into school and shooting all the girls. Like, he would actually have, uh, he would go into a classroom and have the men leave and leave the girls there. And, and the men would just be like, okay. So it's like, the movie is also kind of assessing how how men reacted in that in that scenario. You know, a little too eager to comply not really defending women, you know, like, um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guilt that's kind of being sure. compounded in the movie and like conveyed and what they want the viewer to feel that like in the story and stuff. Cause there is like at least one of the male characters and one of the female victims, uh, that, that the movie kind of focuses on a little bit. I mean, they all kind of jumble together cause it's kind of black and white and they're all yeah. white. So I mean, uh, <laughs> So it's kind of like, they all look like me. I don't know, man. (laughs) Uh, But they do focus on a couple characters, dynamics, and like, and how it impacts them specifically. Um, And yeah, just, it's just incredibly unsettling, dude. It's like, I almost went for like something like Schindler's List, but that was like, that's a little too obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it is, and like I can see a reason to watch that again if you're like trying to analyze it. I actually do enjoy watching that movie. I don't enjoy what's happening in the movie for. Yeah. a few scenes but i actually do enjoy watching it like it is good like it's yeah yeah you know there's a lot of great stuff in that movie um this one i don't know anybody in this movie it's not really a, a cast of names um but it is it's fantastic it like it is really really good and like really well shot and the way they put it together is is well at least denny specifically uh it is like you're in in the school with them and mm-hmm. and and you're trapped in there with them and you don't really have a way out and stuff it kind of assesses like it really does put you in the school shooting like i not that i ever wanted to be in one in a movie but you know what i mean like sure watching a movie but like it is kind of like 
oh, that's what that's like. Like the chaos in the in the cafeteria, like people just running around. Like I've just never pictured it before. Like I I don't I don't go out of my way to watch TikToks or or Twitter videos or whatever of of people live streaming a shooting. I don't do that. Like so, mm, this was yeah. my first time seeing something like that unfold, and it felt so real. Um, so yeah, I'll never watch that again. But it is it is outstanding. Um, depending on who you ask, I guess. But if you're asking me, it's outstanding. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, let's go to our, is it our, are we on our final one? Uh, this is the final one, yeah, yeah. So I actually really love this movie, uh, but I remember like when I wrapped it up, I had so many good things to say about it and um, you know, just thought it was like a really, just a really wacky time. But I remember as the credits were rolling, I was like, that's, a, that's it for me. And it's, it's Climax. Um, oh man. Boy, I love oh, this movie. Man, I, love I think it's movie. so great. But like, here's another movie that's like simulating a trip, but like more literally than, you know, Babylon. Yeah. Literally, literally. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. whole concept of it is like this theater troupe goes back to their uh, practice studio or whatever. And uh, they're, they're having a rap party and someone just slips some real high grade LSD into the punch. And uh, as everyone's drinking it, people start realizing that something's a little off and and uh insanity it's just everything just does the dissolves into insanity like it's not a fun hippie like oh we're all doing drugs type of movie it's kind of like oh this lsd is evil and it's making everyone like become evil and like yeah. lose their minds literally like they want to hurt each other they stuff, want they yeah. really they don't trust each other and there's like all this like tribalistic almost like faction splitting off and everything yeah. like that and just the way that it's shot like you know there there are some main areas like the main like room where everyone's like dancing and stuff like that and then, you know, there's the hallway, there's the, the bathroom where the kid's being kept, which is its own horrifying thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's, like, kind of the boarding rooms in the back that they kind of, like, walk back. And, and the way that like, the cameras, like, shuffle behind them, like, as they're going down the hallways to go, like, to the bedrooms. And just the way that, like, the scenery changes in this movie. And the way that, like, the music will start dying down. The lights are a little different. And it's just, like, it's really unique visually how they yeah. kind of capture maybe what it's like being on drugs and like walking around into different like areas that have different vibes that are being exhumed by either people in them or the lighting in them or whatever you know because some mm -hmm. people are just like creepy in this movie so yeah. when they come up and they're being creepy and like in the, this character's tripping like there's a lot of disconnect and weirdness going on you don't really know, you as a viewer you're just kind of in this movie tripping with them i guess because you don't really know what's going on or who to trust or or what's real and everything like that. And uh, it gets really dark. There's a lot of really dark stuff in this movie. Man, so many. And it's another like movie I would last... never recommend. Like, it's a, I'm like, I don't know who I'd recommend this movie to. Like, yeah, maybe if you like, if you love Suspiria, like, maybe go see this movie. Because they both yeah. kind of have a similar kind of dream state weirdness to them, you know. Um, but, like, I, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. It's just, uh, I don't know if I need to relive something like that again. Because I, know, I remember yeah. almost everything about it. It's so memorable. <laughs> Like, I it just is. don't know what I would get out of a second. I remember uh, the movie, and this had to have been deliberate. I remember how he opens the movie with them just dancing and having fun. Yeah. And the music is so, it's like a music is on a loop on the same song. Mm. For like 15 minutes they're dancing and you watch yeah. them and it's, and it's uncut. It's uncut dancing. And, mm. and it's just, you're hypnotized by it, dude. Like, yeah. so, I mean, it finds a way to, or at least if you're us, I guess, you find a 
the director finds a way to hypnotize his audience into the movie so that way you can't look away when the horrifying stuff starts happening. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's again, I guess yeah. there's some, there's some stuff. There's some people that, that might really turn it off me. 10 minutes in and they're like, okay, it's the same beat and they're still dancing. What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's an artsy fartsy <laughs> nature to it. For there sure, is, yeah. You know? it, might, it might be considered to some like indie garbage. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> European trash, indie trash, garbage, yeah. Euro indie, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But. Because it it is uh, it is funny too to think about. Like I remember because I had I was watching on my computer when I saw it, and I had the uh, the time mark or whatever, uh, you know, going across, and it was like at the twenty minute mark, the title of the movie popped up, and I'm like, really? That's yeah. the start of the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is them just dancing like endlessly? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god! And that was before they even drank any like any of the spike. No, punks. they're not even on drugs yet. <laughs> yeah, they're not even on drugs. Yet. You you would have to be on drugs to dance that long <laughs> to the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's nutty. It's a nutty oh, movie. I, I love. love that movie, I absolutely love that movie. Maybe I'll find make... myself wanting to watch it again one day. But like my immediate reaction to this day, I'm, I'm not running off to go watch this movie again. You know, mm -hmm. it's just uh, it's it's. I got I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I got it the first time. No, no, no. Time, yeah. I get it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I get it. I get what you're doing. I did. Right? I think I did have it somewhere in my ten for that year. Whatever. I think I did too. Yeah, I think I really. It's I think just I've... undeniably like. Hypnotizing is the brain. right word for it. You know, would and not it's, be again. My brain. Not to keep on like uh, compared to Suspiria, but Suspiria had a similar hypnotizing kind of vibe to it as well. We were just kind of like drawn into what's going on yeah. in that movie. And um, there's and there's creepy dancing in that movie, so it's kind of and perfect. there's creepy dancing in that movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And some of the dancing is, I don't know how they did it. Body horror. The yeah, the one some of scene, it is. the one mirror scene where it's kind of like, or I guess the I guess. The witches or whatever, not to get into spoilers on that movie, um, but the witches that run the, I guess they're witches, that run the the ballet studio uh, uh, cursed this dancer that misbehaved or something. So uh, she's her, her dance is being forced to mirror what Dakota Johnson dance is doing in another room. But her, but she's like thrashing around and her body is contorting and it's oh, like oh I remember that. yeah 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 oh, and boy, she's yeah. like when by the end of the scene she's like on the ground and like a ball like just yeah. completely contorted spitting up something and I'm like yeah I don't need to see this again that's the fear of another movie where I'm like love that movie I get I'm good I'm, I'm good yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your uh, last one what, my what last one is uh, Requiem for a Dream um, yeah, I saw right. this, I was working at Blockbuster when I uh, so this is like obviously 2002 2003 okay. um, maybe 2004 too some of 2004 but anyway mm -hmm. the point is is that was when I first watched it and I think I watched it alone and showered six times after I, no I didn't watch it I didn't shower that many times <laughs> but it was definitely something that I finished and I was like what do I do? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I right. Myself. I was a teenager and I just there's an emptiness at that. Uh, but uh, yeah, if it, you want to dare, like, you should have just showed kids this movie instead of the whole the whole dare program. Yeah, get your furry stuff. Because right, I'm this movie really this movie kept me sober for as long as uh, I could. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> same here, same here. Yeah, I was like, I'm never doing anything, you know. Uh, yeah, because it's. it's because it's a speed and heroin are like the main focus yeah, yeah, yeah. of this movie, right? So I'll, you know, I've done I've done a few things around those, but I've never done those things because this movie emphasized how harmful those can yeah, be. Yeah, so you scared like, straight, it scared you yeah, straight. Scared me straight on those drugs in particular. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I watched it twenty years ago, right? Like uh, watched it when I was working at Blockbuster, and I still vividly remember specific shots and scenes and arcs. Really well uh, shot. That's the thing. It's like it's beautifully shot about yeah. the most horrifying stuff in the entire world. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, 
like I still remember what Jared Leto's arm looked like um, yeah. by the end. Uh, I still remember the what, what was she taking? The his mom, Ellen Burstyn. It was speed. It was, was, it was it like speed? weight. It was like weight loss pills, but like it's. Oh, speed. that's what it was. Yeah. It was weight loss. It's supposed pills. to be mirroring kind of like the nineteen forties and fifties. Leave it yes, to Beaver mom, was, like speed craze. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm. Oh, that's right. It was weight loss pills. I was trying to remember what the benefit was for her. Yeah, kids. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but I still remember those like manic episodes of her like constantly cleaning her house and like mm-hmm. just not knowing what to do with herself and like just what's just antsy. All I remember all her of her drug addict son when he came like he like clocked it immediately. You know, yeah, it's like she's on what he does. You know, like, yeah, or, exactly you know, stuff that he does. You know, <clears throat> I remember uh, Damon Wayans. Yeah, he's good he's in this movie. In too. Yeah, he's yeah. great in the movie. Uh, I remember him having sex in the movie. That's all I remember from him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you see some booty, yeah. booty. And then uh, Jennifer Connelly, she's got she's got some good scenes, dude. Let me tell you, uh, <laughs> she's got some kind of messed up scenes too, man. <laughs> Very messed up. It's it's so funny because I think of Jennifer Connelly as like this, like just pure soul or whatever. She is not pure in this movie. She's no. so impure. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised. Like, I mean, when you think of her work after that movie, it, yeah. it's like. How did a director talk her into doing some of that stuff? I don't think she did that stuff for real, obviously. Like, I mean, it's a movie after all. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, sure, especially sure. at the end where, like, you're seeing everybody's at rock bottom and the movie just ends. The movie just ends on rock bottom. There's yeah. no... For every well, character. Well, at least I experienced that. Like, there's no, like, come around, whatever. It's just, like, no. Addiction is awful. And if you it's didn't gonna ruin die, your life. you survived with so much guilt and, yeah. <laughs> and consequence. And yeah, yeah. Like it's, and you'll just be stuck around rich dudes throwing money at you while you're ass to ass with the stranger. So ass to ass. just be careful. Yeah. Ass to ass. Ass to ass. <laughs> Someone screams it in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird scene. Yeah. So um, wild. Darren Aronofsky was on some crap for I mean, Oh I yeah, say, say that, that after Pi. Yeah, I know. I was pie? gonna say I Pie's say that. Wild. Yeah. Pi came out before this, so I guess he. No, nah, if you saw Noah first and you were like, "Oh, the guy did Noah did," let's check out this movie, kids. You know, like you're probably gonna be in for a pretty fucked up time. But like, yeah. Noah was pretty weird for him. It was a weird yeah. movie for him. But like, pie you know, the fountain, the fountain is pretty weird. You know, yeah. like it's maybe not on this level, like this kind of grotesque, like mortal level. But like, yeah. Um. He's just yeah, weird. He's a weird artist. It's definitely a favorite. Like it, it, it's not my top 100 of all time or nothing, but it is definitely like highly rated. At least me too. I have, and I, I absolutely love this movie. This is a movie I did show a lot. Like it's like a reluctant rewatch. Man, I was like, dude, you've got to see this movie. You know, like, yeah. we're young and like I feel like I found something kind of smart and adult. You know, so I'm like, I yeah. gotta show people this so like people know that like you know I'm in the movies, right? You know, so it's like it's it was a badge of honor movie for me. Oh yeah, because not, I not a lot that. of kids are just like going out of their way to watch a Darren Aronofsky. Film, no, you know what I mean, like, it's, I mean it's this not... was a movie I just internalized personally as a kid, like, and I mm-hmm. never told anybody I watched it. Never, t- never. Yeah, talked, I'm never telling anybody. Never this, recommended yeah. it. Like, I just internalized all that trauma that I watched. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spread just, that trauma around. Take it. Get just rid of let it. it and just let it drive my non-drug use. Uh, that's basically what I did with that yeah. movie. Uh, so in a way, it's inspiring, but just never watch yeah, it again. It's a, it's a clean story, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our pick five for this week. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do next five. week. Pick five. And pick uh, five. America's box office, I'm just going to recap really quick, uh, not to dwell. There's a lot of same movies from, unfortunately, from the last week. Um, so number five is Mithrigan, still holding strong in the top five. Um, wow. Wow. How is a man called Otto doing so well still? That's crazy. It's number People four. Like- People like Tom Hanks. I don't know. I don't know how it's above Mithrigan, which I'm always going to call it that. Uh, but uh, I don't know how it's above Mithrigan because that movie came out before. 
or know. after, whatever. Anyway, um, number three was P A T H A P H T H A A N Pathan. It looks like it's a Bollywood. It might be in Bollywood or an Indian movie. Yeah, it's an Indian. Is this World Box Office? No, this is domestic. Um, so, there's okay. a, they show Indian movies everywhere now. Like it's it's kind of wild. Um, it's great though. I mean, cool man. More audiences need to find I'm these all movies. About it, like, dude. Look at the response to RRR last year. Yeah, like, people, a lot of people, people need love to that find movie, these yeah. movies. You know, uh, number two is Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Still doing really well because it's Good a great man. movie. Uh, and then number one is some some dumb movie about water. Uh, nobody wants nobody wants to talk about it. Anymore. This cup of water I'm drinking is more interesting than what you're talking about. Yeah, right? I know. There's yeah, this is the way of my water. It's going to my mouth. <laughs> anyway, that's all we got for this week. Uh, next week, or whenever the next episode comes out, we'll talk about something else. I don't know what's co- oh M Night Shyamalan is uh, coming out with a new movie. I don't know. I'm probably gonna talk about that on Current Gen though. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'll figure out what we're going to talk about. But anyway. I saw someone go, uh, this is why we love M. Night Shyamalan. I was like, when did we start loving? Like, you- <laughs> <laughs> this is For why sure. we fell in love with him in the first place. I'm like, what are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Where is this time? Yeah, I guess they're talking about signs, maybe. I don't know. But. The, yeah, he had three movies in a row for me. He had three movies in a row that I really, really liked. People like Unbreakable and Sixth Sense. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, Sixth I'm Sense, being, redu- I'm being reductive. Or like three in a row of like, for me. Movies that I just loved and could not stop watching at that time. Like, I just absolutely love those movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then after that, you know, we know what happened. Avatar. Remember that movie about uh, the, how the devil took over an elevator or something? <laughs> I forgot he did that one. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like my first time seeing Logan Marshall Green in a movie. And uh, now he's everywhere. So thank goodness for that, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess it panned out for him. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there was like an old lady in it who was like, I think she ended up being the devil in it. Spoilers yes. on that movie. Spoilers but... for a movie that you shouldn't watch. So. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a COVID, not COVID movie. It's, yeah, it's pre-COVID, yeah. but they shot it like we don't have a budget, so we'll just go in an elevator for two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, that's all. It's like phone booth, but like there's no city around the phone booth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man. Um, but thanks for those those of you that are watching our uh, our crusades, I guess, in the world of cinema. And we're going to keep at it as long as we can, as long as uh, until the wheels fall off, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Until Tim removes Until, until we all fall into our no. heroin addict ways like Jared Leto did. Yeah. Uh, and like I, I joked about this. Remember when you saw Like Him? Remember that? Remember that? Remember when he was in that movie and we're like, yeah, hey, I like that guy. And then now we're all like, get this guy away from me. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be in every, the next When, when he got announced for yeah. Tron, every, everyone yeah. on Earth was like, Ugh. everyone on Earth threw up at once. Like, I'd never yeah. seen anybody agree so much on something. All of us just Team america out and just threw up in an alley somewhere violently for several minutes. Five minutes, yeah. Yeah. God, I love that scene so much. And it, and it just, just when you think it ends, the music swells up and he starts doing it again. It's so <laughs> stupid. Uh, that's stupid comedies next week. Yeah. That's not a bad idea, actually. That's yeah. a pretty good idea. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for those of you that uh, continue to watch us. So you can find you can find the podcast on Twitter, at least, uh, current underscore cinema. We do have our own feeds. Appreciate you if you subscribe to all those. Um, we do have our own podcast feeds. We are going to stay on the YouTube uh, channel for Current Gen Podcast if you want to watch our videos there. Um, but yeah, we'll be back with more, guys. Yay. Come back and hang out, movie fans. Wieners. Oh, oh, wait. I forgot to do the traditional ending. Uh, so thanks for coming around. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, really appreciate it. And, uh,